You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Thursday afternoon here in the Farm Bureau Studios, downtown Starkville, Mississippi. I'm Charlie Winfield, along with Bart Gregory, and this is our Tracks Plus Thursday Deep Dig, getting you ready for this weekend series, Mississippi State hosting the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Bart, before we jump into this coming weekend, real quick, we had a game last night, Mississippi State, with a big win over Southern. It was a whole bunch to a few do want to say this i think one good thing you can take away from that is we got some guys able to get a little more confidence at the plate because they were able to turn some pitches around last night yeah we hit five home runs in that game last night had three in a row in the third inning and you know able to build out a lead and bunch some things together four runs in the second and five runs again in the third and we had guys who hit home runs last night who have been hitting home runs kellum clark brad cumbust and then Hunter Hines all hit their seventh home runs of the year. and Jaeger hit another as well. Jaeger hit another home run as well. Cameron James hit a home run, and that's only his second home run this year, only his third extra base hit, by the way. And So, yeah, it was good to get good feelings going, going into an SEC weekend. You took care of business in the midweek. Alabama did not take care of business in the midweek, and so you know we uh, we did what we had to do. We won against a Southern team that's now four and sixteen. That's a proud program at Southern University down in Baton Rouge, but they have had a tough go of it this year, and we kind of did what we had to do last night and won it what fourteen to five. Yeah, and you mentioned Alabama not doing what they needed to do in the midweek. They dropped a ball game to UAB. 5-4 to four last night. UAB put runs on the board in the 7th and the 8th to win that ball game, played in Birmingham. And in that ball game, Alabama, 8 hits, UAB 9. It was just not a terribly exciting game either way. But Alabama, man, I don't know what to think about them right now. I look at their record, Bart, and I see a team that played three games against Texas, now they and, got swept. And played well. And played well against Texas. Lost one to nothing, lost two to nothing, and then lost six to one. Had a tough time hitting Texas pitching. Yeah, and so that's the thing. You go through the whole series and you even though the win, so let's go back. The opening weekend, they sweep Xavier. Five four, five four, nine four. It's like every game they've played this year has been close. Last night, just another example. When you go down the list, this is not a team with a lot of big losses nor a team with a lot of big wins. But in the end, they're a team that won five straight games to start the year. Since then, they are 8-9. and nine. They have not won a game this year away from Tuscaloosa, 0-5 oh on the road. I think there was some idea. You know, Alabama got back to a regional last year. It was the first time that they had been back in a regional since 2014. And I think there wow. was some idea that, man, they were going to be a little better. They're better but they're still not – they're not in the upper half team in the SEC. Okay, you're going to look at me crazy right now when I say I don't think the record is indicative of how much better they are. And I, I know you're sitting there saying, what are you talking about? And the reason I say that, I think this is a completely different team 
on the weekend compared to what it is in the midweek. And here's why I say that. And we say this all the time. You remember a few years ago, Vanderbilt's beating everybody, but they're having tough Tuesday nights against Austin P and against Belmont. It's just the way your starting pitching is on the weekend. You know, they played well against Texas, and then they lose against UT Martin on a Tuesday night. They, they play okay against Murray State and Sweet Murray State, and then they lose to North Alabama on a Wednesday night. They sweep Binghamton, and then all of a sudden they lose to Southern Miss, and, of course, we've seen Southern Miss. They lose to Southern Miss on a Wednesday night. And then this week they, they lose two out of three against Florida, came back and made it a close game last Friday, and then they lose to UAB on a Wednesday. So their midweeks have been awful. I mean, so that what does that tell you? Not enough pitching. That, that tells you the same thing that kind of what we're going through right now too is if you can get in their bullpen and get deep in their bullpen, you got a chance to make some hay with it. No, I think that's exactly right. It's not a team that's terribly deep. You know, Bart, a lot of times we kind of start off, we talk a little bit about the opposing team and not so much the the team itself, but the school, the location. You know what? I got nothing to say about Tuscaloosa. They got a good Chipotle and you get some donuts there, you know, beyond that. I got nothing against them. I got nothing for them. It's just a place that I have to navigate traffic on my way to Birmingham. Well, they used to have the closest Krispy Kreme, and then uh, Columbus got one. And so that kind of took that uh, that notoriety away. And uh, the best thing to do, when you go to Birmingham, do you cut through by the airport, or do you go yes. to the, the Western Bypass? No, I do the airport. Do you do the airport, then it cuts through Northport and go through downtown Tuscaloosa, or do you go completely around Tuscaloosa? No, I go the airport, cut through Northport there, and – and get up on the right by Billy's. Get up on the bridge. Yeah, that's the way I go. They do a good job. Let me tell you what they do a good job of in Tuscaloosa. All right, they synchronize those lights right there. Okay, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Because there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them right in a row, and they synchronize those lights. And so that is a positive about the city of Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and I'm not anti-Tuscaloosa. I'm not like Brad Bohannon and Startable. No. Know? The only, only reason you go, and hey, Brad only saying that right now because he understands that he hadn't done anything in the last five years he's been over there. I like Brad a lot, but I mean, when you start feeling the heat and realize that you haven't done that good, don't have a resume to back it up, you start taking shots at other people, especially when 90 miles away they're winning a national championship. Yeah, do you know where, by the way, he began his college career? Vanderbilt. Doesn't that say a lot? I'll just leave it there. Vanderbilt and Georgia Tech and Barry. I'm not very familiar with Barry College or university or whatever it is. So he played in three different places in college. Apparently. Never happy. Maybe he wasn't good enough. I don't know. I don't want to go there. No. So that's enough about him. That's enough about Tuscaloosa. So let's move on, shall we? I'm ready. All right. So let's take a look, Bart. Before we go any further, let's mention, by the way, this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. And Bart, you know all about Tracks Plus. I was watching videos last night. Do you ever get the running down the deep trails on YouTube? I mean, oh yeah, man. Last night, you know what I was going down the deep, deep dig last night with was clearing land with a mini excavator. I'm serious, and I spent like hours on this last night about making sure that you put the piles in the right place. And one of the places you can get these great mini excavators is Trax Plus. Trax Plus, they have the Saney mini excavators and regular excavators and, of course, the Barco forestry equipment. Our good friends at Trax Plus bringing you our deep dig, four locations. you got Ken Crosby and Daniel Bounds over in Columbus. 
Fred Fulton in Hickory, and then Gresh Howell in Summit and Hoop Williams in Alexandria, Louisiana. So go by and see all those guys about some good Barco equipment, Saney equipment, Demi Seamoff mulching heads, or Massey Ferguson tractors and implements at three of the four locations. They don't have that in Startle or Columbus quite yet, but our good friends at Trax Plus with exceptional customer service. But if I live in Startle and I'd like a Massey Ferguson, can they get me one up here? Yeah, you can probably drive down to Hickory and get one. Okay. Let's or give them a call. You can at least give them a call. They may meet you halfway. They may meet you at Woody's and Noxapater. You can get you a sack of chicken tenders and a Massey Ferguson tractor. There we go. Now now we're getting something done. I could probably use a tractor. And you could buy a little bit of strange brew coffee. Yeah. Let's take a look at this matchup. We mentioned it Alabama coming in. Overall on the season, Alabama a 13 and 9 record, 0 and 5 away from home. They are 1 and 2 in the SEC. We won't cast aspersions on that because that's where we find ourselves. This is an important SEC weekend for a lot of schools, but it's important for Mississippi State. The schedule doesn't get easier. This is one of those weekends where two's a must, three is heavily suggested, and you start putting a little pressure on yourself every time you start to think, "Boy, we got to have a sweep." I'm not going to go that far. We really need two out of three. And, Bart, why don't we start by looking at the pitching matchups this weekend. All right. And the pitching matchups brought to you by our friends at Mosquito Joe. And, Charlie, since I told you about Tracks Plus, why don't you tell us about Mosquito Joe? Well, first of all, the thing you got to know about Mosquito Joe is that is where you can find our good friend Bob Carlton, Robert Carlton, Spanky, But Mosquito Joe, making the outdoors fun again. Look, if you've got an outdoor kitchen, if you've got a a good patio area, if you like cooking out, they can come in with misting systems. They can come in with treatments. They can do all these things, keep mosquitoes out of your backyard, keep from ruining your fun. If you're having events outdoors, these are the guys you need to talk to. Bart, you're building a house right now. I want to see like a misting system. I want something installed that we can put video of. You think you can make that happen? I can make that happen because I'm putting one on the back porch and the front porch. Now, I haven't gotten Spanky to come look at it yet, but I know in the back of my mind I'm going to do something on the front and the back and then the back patio area. Right now, we're at the point where we've got the studs up. We have it, quote, unquote, blacked in. And so right now is kind of the time. And uh, I've got to send those dimensions to Spanky. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yes, go see our friends at Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi. Give them a call. They can get up to the Golden Triangle. They can get over to Jackson. They can take care of your Meridian. They can go all sorts of places. So give them a call at Mosquito Joe. All right, Barter, pitching matchups this weekend. No change for Mississippi State in the rotation. It's what we've been seeing here as of late. Preston Johnson going on Friday. Parker Stinnett in the middle game. And then Cade Smith right there in that Sunday ball game. But Alabama, they're going to throw two righties and a lefty at us this weekend. Let's start with game one, Garrett McMillan. He's a JUCO transfer, right-handed pitcher. And the thing that jumps out at me about McMillan, if you look, if you want to be a Friday guy, you better have a plus pitch. Normally, I think about guys on Friday of having plus fastballs. His fastball's all right, but he's got a better one. Yeah, and that's the thing that's kind of breaking your heart a little bit because when you say it, you kind of grimace a little bit because his best pitch is his changeup. And that's what we saw with Luis Ramirez. That's what we saw, you know, a couple times against Tulane is McMillan 
90-mile-an-hour fastball, great changeup, solid breaking ball. He's got good stats, 29 strikeouts, six walks on the season. He's a strike thrower. But, you know, what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to neutralize your left-handed sticks with good change-ups. And what's interesting, Charlie, is is you look at what they've done overall is they've gone with McMillan as a right-hander and then Jean on Saturday and on Sunday with Grayson hit back-to-back left-handers. They're going two righties this weekend and one left-hander. And you kind of wonder because we're a right-handed heavy lineup. And so you wonder if that's one of the reasons they go with right-handers more. But also our left-handed hitters with Hunter Hines, Kellum Clark, guys that have had difficulties with the change-up you may see some of that change up more this weekend. That's the thing that worries you for me. I don't always worry about a guy with a good fastball. I worry about guys with good secondary pitches. McMillan, one of those guys, he's got a good breaking pitch as well, but it's the change up that kind of earns the living for him. So able to go right on right, then neutralize the left-handed hitters with the change up. You know, one of the things we talked about the other day was Preston Johnson for us having given up a home run in the last six games. And so Alabama does have some left-handed hitters in their lineup. And he's been pitching to contact. And, you know, Charlie, you and I said the other day, hey, we need to go back and look and see, you know, what he's done on his home runs. And we actually had one of our listeners go back and watch. Who was that? Going to give credit to our good buddy Jack Byers. I have not double-checked Jack so far. But I'm just taking him for his word because – a guy by the name of Jack Byers. I believe you, Jack. You know, Jack's done some writing for a couple of publications. So, yeah, I'll take his word for it. How about that? And what he says is the home run against Long Beach State was a fastball over the middle. The home run against Northern Kentucky was a fastball over the middle. The two-lane home run was a fastball at the letters. The Princeton home run that Preston Johnson gave up was a fastball over the middle. Connor Tate hit a hanging curveball, and that's the only curveball out of the six. And then Anderson for Georgia hit a fastball over the middle. So what does that mean? This is an Alabama team that has some left-handed hitters, and the wind is going to be blowing out to right on Friday, 10 to 15 miles an hour. So I want to see that streak ended, but this Alabama team goes up hunting fastballs. If Preston makes some mistakes, they could run it out of the yard. Other interesting note, you mentioned Preston Johnson. we got a couple of guys going, both Chuco guys. You've got McMillan, who played at Shelton State, and Preston Johnson. That's kind of interesting, too, when you start looking at Friday nights. And what do you think of with Friday night guys? You think of guys that may have come out of high school with top draft picks. And I'm not saying these guys are not going to be high draft picks. I think both of these guys have some stuff. I mean, when you look at McMillan and Preston Johnson. But you rarely see – the junior college matchup, especially on a Friday night in the SEC. And as an old junior college guy, I'm kind of happy to see that. It kind of helps my heart a little bit, Charlie. Well, I'm glad to know that. So now Saturday, we're going to see a guy we saw for two innings. He started the Sunday game against us last year, another right-hander, Jacob McNary. McNary 4-0 on the year, 3.26 ERA. He's got a good fastball. They say 95. I don't really give him that much, but – a legitimate fastball. But he's got sink. He has sink. And what does that say? I don't like him. No, we don't like him at all. Three-quarter arm slot until he gets run with his fastball, even though it has, you know, 92, 93. You said 95. I mean, it depends on the gun and what day it is and, you know, who's trying to promote him. And 
He, uh, he's got good sync with the fastball. He throws a very good changeup. He's been in the bullpen. He has not been a starter on the weekend. And so he's been one of their first guys they've gone to on the weekend. And so they're going to put him in a starting role, see what they can do about neutralizing our left-handed hitters. And so this will be a big SEC start for him. He'll see a big crowd on Saturday. So you kind of wonder what that does. Okay, it's going to be out of his comfort zone already. He's going to sit around the hotel when the team is – when the pitchers are shagging fly balls and batting practice, he's not going to be out there. And so it upsets the routine a little bit, big crowd. And, hey, let me tell you, if you come to the ballpark, here's a guy that hasn't seen the starting role yet. So let's get on him a little bit. You know, he started against us last year, just kind of a spot start in that Sunday game, but only went two, two innings, allowed a couple of hits, didn't allow a run. It was one of those almost like an opener kind of thing. Right. Yeah, you know, he was never designed to go long into – to be a true starter. So McNary, the guy in that Saturday ball game. Sunday, then we see the lefty. Grayson hit 1-0 on the year, an ERA of 2.33. Big guy, 6'3". Those, how you like this, 90 to 94, which is it? You know, I mean, there's a big difference in those two. Again, who's carrying the radar gun? Last year, he pitched as a freshman but did not throw after April. So we didn't see him at all. His ERA last year was over 10, so not, well, not effective at all. I didn't want to say, almost said not terribly effective. He just wasn't effective last year. But he's a year older and pitching better so far. And he was good last weekend against Florida. He really had two guys that hurt him, Sterling Thompson and Wyatt Langford from Florida. They had back-to-back doubles in the first inning, and then they came back and hit back-to-back home runs in the fourth. But once he got past those two guys, he was really good and settled in for five innings. So he may be coming off what is, you hate to say his best outing, but he had some really good stuff throughout that uh, that start last weekend on the Sunday game. And, of course, Alabama was able to come back, and they won that game in walk-off fashion in the ninth inning to salvage a game of that three-game series. But he's coming off an outing in which he threw really well, and so he may have some confidence coming in here on Sunday. Interesting mix of guys, too, going this weekend for Alabama. One of the stats I always like to look at is the fly ball to ground ball ratio. How many guys are getting the ball hit on the ground? How many of them are letting it get in the air? So Garrett McMillan, who's going to go on Friday for Alabama, has gotten 35 fly ball outs, 22 ground outs. So you'd say a guy who gives up a little more lift than not. Turn the page to Saturday with McNary, 10 fly outs, 27 ground outs. Oh, man. So now you got me dreading Saturday more than Friday. Yeah, because now what I'm thinking is second baseman. Bryce Eblen. Yeah, Eblen is going to need combat pay. Well, and the thing about it is he may be one of the better fielding second basemen in the league, and we're going to talk about him in just a few minutes. And then you come back in the ball game on Sunday with hit. You've got a guy who's 15-15. and 15. The guy just kind of plays it right down the middle. So looking at the two teams, pitching lineups, Alabama. Look, McMillan's good. This isn't like facing Cannon last weekend, though. No, he's not. And – Jonathan Cannon is a legitimate first-round guy. Is McMillan? No, he's not. He's a good pitcher. He's a, he's a solid pitcher. Now, let's look at us for a minute. We talked about Preston Johnson a minute ago. Now, the Saturday game, you had feast and famine last week with Parker Stanett. He gave up two hits, but he, he walked eight in that game. And so, you're going to have to have strikes thrown by Parker Stanett in this one. I like leaving – you talked about this the other day on the show about – 
you like leaving Cade Smith in the Sunday game? I do too because it's almost like you know you've got a safety blanket back there on the backside. But the key is if you want to win two out of three, <laughs> you've got to win either Friday or Saturday. And so we, we need good starting pitching from Preston Johnson. And this is Captain Obvious stuff right here. You've got to go five innings, five, six innings, if you want to be you know, competitive Friday and Saturday against Alabama. And you should. Yeah, absolutely should. So, all right, that's a look at our pitching matchups this weekend. Remind you, by the way, that we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau agents in all 82 of Mississippi's counties. Check them out at favorites.com. If you're in the business for insurance, these are guys you want to talk to. No matter the type of insurance, start with Farm Bureau. Let them help point you in the right direction. And look, there are better rates out there. They'll let you know. But these guys have great service. They're the guys sitting in carpool with you when you're picking up your kids at church with you on Sunday, maybe watching a game with you this weekend. Let's go see our friends at Farm Bureau. Bart, we've talked about pitching. Now it seems to me to be a good time to take a look at our two brothers. What do we call this? Two brothers, two guys that will kill you, two guys that will hurt you, two guys to look out for. It could be any of the above, I suppose. The two brothers, two players to highlight that can kill you. (laughs) That just seems a little more – that's more of a grabber, don't you think? Yeah, junior highest kind of, you know. Just, you know, it could kill you. Yeah, these guys could come in here with lasers. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I'll let you – first of all, have you been to Two Brothers here in the past week or so? I have not been this past week, but I will go tomorrow. That's – I hate to say this because I I really hate to give away my my secret, but what I like to do on Fridays is before weekend series is, you know, I have my trusted notebook. What was that movie that – Not the notebook, I hope. That was like a a girl movie. I hope you weren't watching that. But Rachel McAdams, man. I like Rachel McAdams. And she was in uh, Wedding Crashers, too. She's a talented actress. Talented actress. Okay, but I'm not going there. But I have – it was that taking care of business. You know where the guy had the the book, the notebook, and then Jim Belushi, which is the guy that died. That was John Belushi. That was John Belushi. Okay, so Jim Belushi was in the movie Taking Care of Business. And the guy had the book that he lived his entire life by his planner. Okay, I live my broadcast by my book. Okay, I put everything in my book. That way I know where it is, whether it be my scoring pad, whether it be my stats, whether it be everything. And what I do every Friday is I go to Two Brothers, and I get in the back corner by myself, and I put together my notebook. And I eat smoked wings, and I put together my broadcast notebook. And so that's where I go on Fridays. And so I'll go there tomorrow. I'll put all this Alabama, Mississippi State, Mississippi State stuff together for my broadcast and eat my smoked wings at Two Brothers. But I just gave away my spot. All right. Well, So, Charlie, if you walk in with some friends, don't come over and bother me, okay? Because I'm busy. Oh, I can assure you that if I walk in with friends, we will not be bothering you. Are you saying you're embarrassed of me in public? Is that what you're saying there? I just asked you not to bother me. Now you're saying you're embarrassed of being public. Saying a guy who goes to eat wings with notebooks needs his brain checked. But any event, I've never seen the notebook, nor read the book. But you are familiar with Rachel McAdams. When I don't, I don't. I have seen Message in a Bottle. Wasn't that the same guy, the Sparks guy? Is that he wrote the book? Yeah, I don't really keep up with those things. Not uh, that I'll admit anyway. So in any event, let's talk about our two guys that can hurt us, kill us shoot lasers or whatever it is. I'll let you go first this weekend. Well, Bryce Eblen is the guy I'm going to talk about. Bryce Eblen, unlike Kevin Costner in Message in a Bottle. So wait a minute. You were about 
to make one of your guys, one of your two brothers guys that could cause significant bodily harm to us, a guy who's what I call below the line. And what I mean below the line is when you look at a stat sheet, there is a little dotted line in the middle of that sheet somewhere that cuts off between the guys who have enough at-bats to kind of qualify and then those who don't. Eblin is a below-the-line guy, hitting 310. So that's that's your guy's going to kill us. Yes, and the reason that he is below the line, Charlie, if you get to jump into the small italics writing at the bottom, is you say that he, see that he was injured on February the 22nd. He had a shoulder injury, and so he missed about a month. I mean, he's been out for just about a month. He's slowly playing his way back into his starting role at second base, and he's been very good. He's a very solid second baseman for Alabama. Now, what they did last weekend is they batted him down in the ninth spot in the order. He batted in the ninth spot in the order this past week in the midweek against UAB. He's five for his last ten. He's gotten better at the plate. Okay. And the reason I'm picking him is if they keep him at the bottom of the order, what killed us last week, Corey Acton for Georgia, getting on base as the nine-hole hitter, setting the table for the top of the order. Eblin is a guy who is getting healthy right now. If they keep him at the bottom of the order, you've got to keep him off the bases. That's the big key there. He's a left-handed hitter. He's, we're going to throw three right-handed pitchers at him. We've got to keep him off the bases at the bottom of the order. All right, I'll and, play along. And thus my reasoning for going with a guy that has not had significant amount of at-bats so far this year, but there is a reason because he's been hurt. Well, and Eblin did have three runs scored on the weekend against Florida, which second only to Owen Diodotti. Uh Diodotti might have been a guy to go with. The Harvard transfer, Tommy Seidel, might have been a guy for me to go with. But I'm going to go with a junior, a switch hitter, a guy named Zane Denton. He's an infielder, what Jim would say, by trade out of Brentwood, Tennessee, but as we say, he's a switch hitter. A couple of things jump out to me about him. First of all, he leads the team in home runs with seven, but he is not very good at hitting left-handed pitching. Makes you wish we had some, right? Six for 32 this year against left-handed hitters. But in the fly ball, ground ball stat category, here's what Denton's done. 33 fly balls, 13 ground balls. Don't want the wind blowing out when he's up there. And here's the thing I'm disappointed at when you start talking about Jim. You know what Denton is, right? He's six tall, 200 pounds. Oh, uh, yes. That six started tall. with Jack. I know Jack started it, but Jim carried it on. And we kind of carried it on as well. Six tall, 215, but he's six tall, 210. Yeah, I wanted to live my whole life as a kid based on what Jack Crystal said is at six tall and what, 85? <laughs> Unfortunately, I only accomplished one of those. <laughs> I got the wrong end of that one. Are you saying you're 5'11"? Huh. In hokas. <laughs> Shoes with thick soles. So, anyway, that's a look at my guy, Zane Denton, the junior. Watch out for this guy because the thing is, I know without even asking, I can guarantee you, you know which way the wind's going to be blowing this weekend. That's kind of your thing. And I'm going to bet you already know the answer. Wind is blowing out to right on Friday and Saturday, 10 to 15 miles an hour. It's going to be left field foul pole to right field foul pole more in the Saturday game. Now, Sunday is light and variable, which means it could do anything. All right, so let's. what does that mean for Denton then, okay? we got a guy with seven home runs who's a switch hitter who hits right-handers, which he will be facing. Pitch him away. Which, well, what it means is he's going to be hitting left. Yeah, pitch, right? him, pitch him away. All day long, I'm afraid. Yep. So, and if you, if you try to come down and in with breaking ball, you better get it down and in. 
because that's where he's going to kill you. If you try to hang a breaking ball, hang a slider, he's going to do some damage. Yeah, so that's the thing to watch. Basically, it sets up well for Denton. The right-handed pitching, the conditions, all the above favor him. You know who else it favors? Let me tell you something. Kellum Clark is hitting some missiles right now. Hunter Hines is hitting some missiles right now. And so that helps them, too. We got some guys in our order got some pop, too. Well, and it goes back to you talk about guys having good change-ups. That can be effective when you throw it away. You let one of those kind of leak back over the plate, though, can turn around in a hurry. Yeah, our good friend Henry Hamill out in right field. Hide the barbecue sauce. <laughs> Maybe flying your way, brother. So, Bart, your final thoughts as we kind of look forward to this weekend series. What do you see coming? All right, so I made the mistake early in the year against Northern Kentucky saying, hey, we've got no worries. We're going to sweep this series. I'm not going to say that. This is the SEC. I mean, this is this is big boy baseball. Two out of three at home is what you need to do. I mean, you, you need to win two out of three at home. If you can sweep this weekend – you get the, you've got to bank some wins because you have some tough road trips coming up on the horizon. At the end of the day, when we get in here on Sunday for Sunday coffee, if we've lost two ball games, I'm not going to be happy. And I know you're not going to be happy either. Was it Meatloaf that's saying two out of three ain't bad? Pour one out for Meatloaf. Yeah. Two out of three wouldn't be bad, but I want to sweep this weekend just because I see what's coming down the road. I like the fact that our bats are getting hotter. Hey, I like Jackson Fristo at the back end of a couple of ball games now. I know they weren't high-leverage situations. What, six straight hitters he's faced, he's struck out now? Yep, he was good on uh, Sunday over at Georgia. He was good last night against Southern. And, you know, the thing he was able to do is he was able to throw strike one early, and he wasn't playing from behind. That's the whole key for Jackson is getting ahead. He had good stuff. I thought his velocity last night was as good as we've seen tonight. It, it had dipped down there early in the year. But last night, he was back to 94-95 on the stadium gun, and so it looks like his velocity is coming back. Hey, Brandon Smith's been good lately. He has. Brandon was good last night. And we so, had some serious run on his arm side run yesterday. And that's that's what you need to look for with Brandon Smith. And if he's getting movement, if his ball flattens out, people can really hit it. But, I mean, he's a guy that he, if he has some arm side run, I mean – that's what you have to have with Brandon. I thought it was as much last night as I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It was good. It it was really good. And to me, that's that's the thing is you know you watch a game and you say okay, fourteen to five, you're just an inning eater out there. But I thought he was working on some stuff last night, really good in those middle innings. I mean, I, I thought. Well, look, we needed it because he came into <laughs> a, a little bit of a tough spot. He really did. He really did. And so, hey, I want to touch on one more thing before we go. A lot of walks last weekend. Across the SEC, a ton of walks in Athens, Georgia, over 40 on the weekend. A point that I think Bear's making, and that is that the SEC is now evaluating its officials, these weekend ball games, using what we call TrackMan data. TrackMan data, if you've ever seen, there's kind of a little flat panel mounted up in the stadium. Basically, that's the device and the computer system that tells you the spin rate, where the ball was going, exit velocity, launch angle, anything you want to know, that thing can tell you. They can also tell you where it was on the plate. And so now they're going back, they're looking at it, they're meeting with umpires. A couple of things we've talked about, and I thought you made this great point. What do we care most about with umpires? Is it that we're mad that they call ball strikes or they call strikes balls? Your take on this last night we talked about on the broadcast was you don't, 
I can live with a strike outside the zone now and then, but I can't live with throwing one in the zone and being called a ball. Yeah, strikes being called balls to me is the big thing. And, you know, some of these guys may get a little bit tighter because they think that computer's on them a little bit. But, um, yeah, if it's a strike, it better forever, forevermore be a strike. And I don't care who's pitching. I don't care if it's us pitching or Alabama's pitching. Maybe they may have a little quirk in the machine when they're pitching. But, it's, yeah, that, that flat panel right behind home plate is where it is. And so people kind of looked at us and said, hey, what is that thing? And it, it looks like a, a speaker that doesn't have speakers in it. And uh, it's a little flat panel deal, and that's what it is. Got all kind of computerized stuff in there. I think historically what we've seen in Major League Baseball and at the different levels, when umpires are evaluated, their zones tend to get smaller. And when zones tend to get smaller, that means pitchers have to come across the heart of the plate more, which gives hitters a better chance to hit the baseball. We saw a lot of balls hit last weekend. We saw a lot of walks last weekend. So I want to give a little bit of benefit of doubt to the pitchers as they kind of adjust to what may be some different zones out there than we've seen in some midweek games. Yeah, we talk about that early in the season too. You know, yeah, when it's cold out there, we all want a big zone. But at the end of the day, if you're going to get into conference play and everything tightens up, it's a completely different zone you're pitching to right now than you did a month ago. Yeah, so those review sessions could be interesting. And Perry Costello – you're all over Perry Costello. We won, Charlie. Well. We won the national champion. We beat we beat Vanderbilt, a very good pitching team, with Kumar Rocker on the mound and a guy by the name of Kerry Postello behind the plate. You shouldn't be naming people by their name. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll save that rant for another day. So that's it. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back. By the way, thanks again to all our sponsors, our friends at Farm Bureau down at Tracks Plus. Two brothers, Mosquito Joe, and also thanks to our friends at Bank First. If you run into those guys, thank them for helping make this possible. And, hey, look, if you need any of those services, give them a call. They're great guys, people we work with, people we're proud to be associated with. So we'll be back on Sunday for our Sunday coffee, hopefully getting ready for a sweep, but we'll wait and see.